0: All right, we're back at you, hour two. Did the man say wet snow overnight, possibly, potentially? He did, didn't he? Uh, that's a scary thing. You know, when do the, the we've got to turn the clocks back? That's this weekend, isn't it? It's usually around Halloween. One more week? Okay. Danny's just giving me the buzz in the ear. One more week. I'm ready to do it. So, you know, we get light earlier in the day. You know, maybe I can eke in another round of golf or two. It's the snow thing that scares me, though. Although it does help the putting in the sense of you can see your line more defined. Although it slows the ball down when it has to turn into, you know, you make a snowman out of whatever is left as it rolls through the green. Uh, yeah, well, they're shutting these golf courses down now. I guess uh, this is that time of the year. Some real holdouts will go through the snow. They'll still have flags in there, you know, <laughs> basically.
1: Guys on dog sleds?
0: Well... Yeah, if you can find a caddy still at that hour. But uh, here we go. It's hour two of the Oakley Show, and the Friday edition means our panel's coming up shortly. And topics worthy of discussion. We'll update the uh, situation stateside with the pipe bomber, the alleged, and, of course, the Barry and Honey Sherman investigation. The police chief in response to the $10 million reward being offered by the family's investigative team. Doug Ford uh, planting flags at border crossings, suggesting, or signs anyway, Ontario is open for business uh, there's a lot of things he's doing uh, in terms of an agenda, if you will, uh, that signals you know private enterprise uh, is going to get a hand from this government. We saw that with the rescinding of Bill 148, which a lot of these small business operations uh, found to be too onerous. It's a topic worthy of discussion with our panel, and uh, we get around to that. Uh, We've seen where teachers are now going to have to have math testing done before they actually qualify to be teachers, because our math scores, especially the grade 6 level with the EQAO tests that are mandated, are abysmal. So uh, we'll take that under advisement, that that's uh, something else worthy of discussion. Now, the other thing, of course, is with the Ford government and education, whether they should be helping out some of the independent schools here in the province. There's some new research just out that Ontario's independent schools are producing socially engaged, generous graduates with zero provincial support. How does that work? Is this uh, something that ought to be addressed, provincial support for these independent schools? Let's find out for sure. Ray Pennings has joined us on the line. He's the Executive Vice President of CARDIS, and the CARDIS people have conducted this review or this study, and uh, let's drill down on it. Mr. Pennings, good to have you on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, okay. Uh, when you talk about the independent schools being, uh, you know, producing more socially engaged, generous graduates, I don't know, are you uh, puffing your chest here, uh, patting yourself on the back, or are you making a statement that maybe it's time the government uh, stepped up and helped you uh, with a little bit of financing?
1: Well, this this study is um, the third round of... of looking at graduates 23 to 39 and what we have been doing is looking at outcomes of education so take a look at people who went to public school people who did not go to public school and let's examine in their adult life in terms of what sort of schooling effects can we find does schooling really make a difference and the criteria we've used for these studies has been the outcomes of education as determined by the Education Act. And what's, what this study is showing, and this has been an Ontario provincial studies, our previous studies were national studies. What this study shows is that when it comes to adult engagement, usually the myth is that, you know, private schools produce people who are in their religious cloisters or just for elites along the way. Well, in fact, the data shows that when it comes to volunteering, when it comes to giving, when it comes to engagement in society, that the social networks and engagements of those who went to independent schools um, are at least as and in many cases greatly in excess of those who went to, public, went to public schools.
0: All right and so you also suggest that you know there's a lack of civility in our culture and uh, how everything seems to be as far as social mores are concerned in decline but Ontario's independent schools especially you say the religious ones help counteract these negative trends by producing grads who are interested and involved in the world around them how did you verify that?
1: There are, um, when you take a look at independent schools in Ontario, um, just over 6% of the student population uh, today goes to um, uh, independent schools. What's interesting is if you take a look at it, there are about 5% of the independent schools that we would describe as elite, um, you know, the, the very significant tuition. 95% of students go to schools that are either, roughly half of them are defined by a religious Cause the other half are Waldorf's, Montessori's, different philosophies of education, if you will. So, when we take a look at the outcomes, and it's very interesting, the average family income of those who go to the 95% is less than the Ontario average family income. So, we are talking about ordinary middle class families who've chosen education because for one reason or the other they're not satisfied with the outcomes that are the options that are there and um, what we are finding is that they are producing in terms of the adult behavior of these graduates they are academically achieving equal to or better in almost every area but certainly in terms of the social engagement they are um, they are donating they're volunteering they're way more likely to be a, a referee or a coach or involved in the community activities they're doing the sorts of things that most canadians i think would say are the exemplary things that we would expect and um, like from our citizens
0: so how many people were involved in the survey and how long
1: so the survey was an online survey we contacted 38,000 canadians in order to um, get to our target so we ended up surveying 1240 ontarians of which um, approximately half were public schoolers and the other half were divided between all the different types of schooling. So um, the the data was collected by uh, a third-party agency. It was analyzed by a team of scholars at Notre Dame University, and um, it's part of a series of studies we've done throughout North America um, using this methodology and trying to take a look at the outcome. So this is a a representative sample um, that... that follows all the standard statistical tests
0: again with Ray Pennings. Ray Pennings is the Executive Vice President of Cardus who did this study rather extensive and it throws shade on the public system when it comes to comparative analysis. Uh, These independent schools seem to do better uh, in, let's say, uh, some socializing graces, if you will, or outcomes. You also say Ontario loses by marginalizing independent schools and funding government run schools exclusively. So it's time for the government to bring independent schools in from the cold by making them more affordable. I'm reading... uh, more government assistance or subsidies. Am I wrong?
1: Well, what most people don't realize is that Ontario is actually an outlier within Confederation. If you take every major province west of Ontario, there is some sort of support for independent schools. And um, they actually, if you you take British Columbia, for example, they have about 13% of their students in independent schools. There are various forms of study of funding, but for most cases, um, if, you, if a group of parents want to form a school for whatever reason, um, they're able to do so and get um, somewhere between half and 70% of the per-student funding that follows the student along the way. I guess our argument would be that if we want education, innovation, and excellence in Ontario, monopoly systems in whatever sphere have been very unlikely to find the sort of innovations that produce excellence. When you take a look at jurisdictions that provide choice, and we have that here in Canada, you can also go to Scandinavia, for example, where some of the best educational outcomes in the world are there. They also have independent or choices for parents uh, in terms of the education of their children, that far exceeds what we experience here at Ontario.
0: Well, but religious school funding has become like a third rail when it comes to the political discourse. Uh, certainly in this province, we saw what happened to John Tory way back in the day uh, when he was hoping to be the premier of the province. That didn't work out when he suggested that. Some people even say uh, it's, you know, even if we can get around the constitutional mandate, uh, we ought to st- stop funding uh, the Catholic school system. And you're saying we ought to go in the, the other the opposite direction?
1: Well, I have three basic responses um, to that. The, the first one I gave you already, and that uh, monopolies don't produce the sort of innovation that that you have. Secondly, um, you know, if, if we want opinions, okay, let's go with it. Let's actually take a look at the data. What we have here is data that shows that the various types of schools collectively and we can dig down individually there's long complex reports they're all available on our website Um, by and large independent schools are producing the sort of outcomes academically and socially that we say we want so let's not be data deniers let's actually have an honest adult civil conversation about the sorts of schools that produce the the sorts of outcomes we're looking for and i suppose You know, yes, there have been issues in the past um, uh, politically, but it's 20, you know, hashtag 2018 today. Um, There are other jurisdictions in the country that uh, provide support for religious education. And for the most part, um, we are many of them have better educational outcomes overall. Uh, including in their public schools. And perhaps it might be that they have some competition and maybe, uh, maybe competition is good for innovation.
0: So finally, what is in the makeup of these independent schools that gives them the leg up or their graduates?
1: I, there, there's quite a range of things. Um, you know, let's not pretend that all these independent schools are exactly alike. There are different uh, foci. I wonder uh, whether or not there is um, the very fact of intentionality about an educational or a religious philosophy um, means that there's perhaps within the school a bit more of a a unity and a focus on certain types of outcomes, but there's a lot more. We've collected the data which describes what it would take uh, further studies to look at the particular models in terms of explaining all of the whys, but that's a worthwhile study that we'll continue to to pursue as well.
0: All right, and uh, we'll pursue the conversation. I'm sure it's not going away anytime soon. Thanks so much for your time this afternoon having me. You got it. Uh, Ray Pennings, Executive Vice President of Cardus. This is a faith-based think tank, and uh, their promotion of independent schools, which is something they extrapolated from their extensive survey, uh, is an interesting point, and something that could uh, make our list here in topics worthy of discussion.